gonna talk about it right here. I'm gonna talk about everything you like. I'm gonna make it real, real quick, cause it's an A talk. And I'm gonna talk about it. Yeah, cause it's an A talk. And I'm gonna talk about it. And it's Tanae Talks, ah, uh, and I'ma talk about it, about it, about it, and welcome to this episode of the Tanae Talks podcast, the podcast that educates and entertains, the podcast where you come to laugh and learn. I am your host, Tanae, aka Tanae. It's gonna always just be Tanae. Okay, so anywho, <laughs> I am so excited excited to have today's guest because we got a hot topic on the line to talk about today. We're talking about Jeezy and Nia Long and actually just like the importance of having a conversation and I think that was a great display. So in today who's going to share in that talk with me is the beautiful Chia Morgan LLMSW. That is a licensed master of social work. Welcome to the stage baby girl. Thank you. I got one correction, though. Tell us. For everybody else, it's going to always be tonight, but to me, it's tiny. It's going to be tiny. This girl been calling me tiny since (laughs) 1996. Literally. That's a long time. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm doing good today. I'm, you know, I'm in the thick of blessed to be a blessing. So I took a nap today. I said, I can't go no further for blessed to be a blessing if I don't rest my body. So I took me a two and a half hour nap. So I'm feeling good today. I'm actually very proud of you for doing that because I told myself I was going to take a nap today and I didn't do it even though my body was telling me to. So I I congratulate you for listening to your body because you do so much for the community. Um, You do so much for the the Flint community, for Black people, for children, uh, for the underrepresented no matter the race, creed, and all of that. So you no do so much, no matter who it is. And so I, I honor you today. I salute you for listening to your body and getting Thank the you. much deserved rest that you need, Chi Chi. I needed it. I need, I probably needed five hours, but we can settle as who it is. We gonna settle at what we can get. And so uh, Chia, let me tell y'all a little bit about her and she can expound more, uh, but she is a Flintstone. Y'all know... I be having a lot of Flintstones on today talks. <laughs> but it's like, it's like they will know forever for, t- for you. What they say, Harley home, but always. Always repping. That's, that's me to the, to the core of Flint th- through and through. And she and I are both from the 48505. Uh, the 48505. We both from the North side. Um, but I also always have a lot of Flintstones on because I have a really beautiful garden to pick from. Flint has a beautiful garden of beautiful people and beautiful talent with knowledge. And I always tell people Flint is everywhere and we do everything. Every Anything that's in pop culture right now, we are in the midst. <laughs> Whether it's television, film, politics, local, community, government. Like we're just right there in the thick of it. And so it's 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 easy for me to 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 pull the beautiful flowers and the fruits um, from Flint. And so Chia, Chia and I met many many moons ago. Uh, we've done leadership conferences together as youth. We attended Whittier together. We attended Flint Central High School together. She went to Grand Valley. I went to Grand Valley, even though we didn't go at the same time. Um, uh, We both uh, got our degrees from the University of Michigan Flint. Uh, We're both heavily involved in our communities, whether when I was there locally and even me being active here, she's very active there in the Flint community in the state of Michigan, because my baby gonna be lobbying somewhere on the steps of Lansing. Uh, and so Chia is just a gem. Uh, she is much needed. She's a, a, a mother, a community advocate. She started a place where people can get food if they're just walking down the street. You know, they can open up the, the thing and get food or books or whatever they need. You heard her mention earlier, blessed to be a blessing. She is actually a blessing every year, not just during the Thanksgiving year, uh, time of year, but all throughout the year. But specifically around Thanksgiving, she has provided meals for those who are experiencing food insecurity or who's hungry, who just needs some 
of some family and some fellowship. We know that a lot of people have experienced uh, death. And so she provides that community uh, that of uh, breaking the bread with each other every year with blessed to be a blessing. And I'm so glad that one year she honored my mom. I could just go on and on and on about Chia. Uh, uh, no, you know, you're giving me one too many accolades. My hands <laughs> over here sweating. So, you could tell them a little bit more about you, Chia, and also why you decided to start Blessed to Be a Blessing and why that initiative is near and dear to your heart. Um, it actually started kind of as a response to you know, GM uprooting from Flint. I'm a GM baby and a proud GM baby, so with that, I've never experienced a food insecurity, I've never not had the the end thing for the time but i growing up in the 4a505 which i'm so proud of i did witness it i saw it you know i have friends who um they went to prison for less than 25 grams because of the insecurities that were going on in their homes or in their community they said well oh this is all i have to do to be able to take that money and then it ended up, you know, being a crime for them. So I had a dream, a literal dream that on, I was serving food in the community. And I knew that it was from the Lord because he talks to me through dreams. Anytime I've ever had a dream about something, even when I try to ignore it, it always comes to fruition. So I knew when I woke up, I remembered that dream. I don't even eat mashed potatoes. It was mashed potatoes in that dream. So I, <laughs> it was vivid for me. And, um, from there, kind of putting together that response of the dream, my passion for my community, keeping in mind some of my friends who were shipped off to prison at early ages. It was like, how can we help the community? And so um, gave the dinner to Blessed to be a blessing. They, I mean, to Well of Hope. They have full rights of it. And it's just been something that is truly the community dinner. It started out with people saying, you know, I'll give a can of corn. I'll donate a cake. Um, somebody was saying I'll donate a Kessel cake for people who don't know what Kessel is. That's Kroger. Right. It's so really been a community initiative from the community to the community. So while I'm the face of it, I really, really stand on the shoulders of so many people in my community to have gotten us to year 15. Thank you. Oh, that's beautiful. 15 years of serving, 15 years of service. Not many people can say that. And I have to, you know, I would honestly be remiss if I did not always say thank you. You know, whether it's people sending 10000 or whether it's somebody sending $30, all of that has enabled me to do the work. And I'm not going to get teary-eyed, but it's just like, wow, God, you use me as a vessel and people sew in and trust me. So it's, it's definitely a humbling experience for me. It's in the right hands. God used the right vessel. <laughs> he used the person that could can reach the people. You know, you can you can go into any room, Chia, with with the big wigs and 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 the, even the less among us, or how, how people perceive them to be the less among us. So that's beautiful. But and I mean, like what you saying, I can go into every room. That's kind of like why I'm so excited to be here because whether I'm listening to Jeezy or whether I'm literally in the room with um, the Honorable President Biden. I can I can adjust and I can understand what's going on, baby. That's that. I, I was just talking to Stacy Williams. He's gonna be on a, another episode of Today Talks <laughs> called HBCU Only. But we were just kind of talking about that feeling hustle and how we can go from the boardroom to JB's. How we can like? <laughs> I lady. Listen, if you open palm tree up, call me first. I'll be the first one in line if you baby. ever open it back up. Open palm tree. Open back the palm up. tree back up. <laughs> we need you to open back up. Lord, they don't know nothing about no palm. They don't know about the palm tree. They wasn't there. <laughs> they wasn't there, baby. But no, that's that's so true. And and I think that just comes from our parents. Um, shout out to Deborah and Will. Shout out to Beverly. All um, of them because they all <laughs> had a hand in all of us. They they had a hand in all of us, and I think they taught us how to adjust. Not necessarily code switching because we are, are we are ourselves in and this room. I don't believe in code switching. Uh, hello, but and I understand the dynamics. We understand the dynamics. Room. But they taught us to show up as our real selves. Because your real self will get you further than the fake that you're trying to be. That is it. And, and so, you know, with me being like 
like I said, people may wonder, people that know what the 48505 is, they may say, how are you a GM baby? And you grew up in the 48505 because my dad didn't care that he lived in GM. He loved his neighborhood. He loved the people. He wanted to serve in the community. So I had a GM parent that was a pastor that honestly, who would be classified as the dope boys. They stopped and talked to the preacher. To figure mm -hmm. out, can you just pray for me, Rev? One yeah. day I'll come out of it. And so had he been, you know, in Grand Blank or Swartz Creek or Flint Township, he said he doesn't believe he would have had the impact he had. And so mm -hmm. I really, again, I stand on his shoulders because he was him wherever he went. Mm -hmm. um, the preacher, he loved the Lord, but he was always down to earth and humble. Mm -hmm. And that made people feel comfortable. Like my house was really like the neighborhood house. Yeah. I, and I, I get that. My mom, like you said, coming from the 48505, it may be looked at a certain way. But my mom always said, you don't live out there. You live in this house. Mm -hmm. And so the things that were happening in this house, morality, love, Christianity, a hot meal, acceptance. All Welcome to Brad Church on Sunday. <laughs> We're going to go to the palm tree on Saturday. We're going to go to the palm tree when we get there, but we're going to church. we go to church the next day. But no, no, no. Okay, so y'all, I had to have Chia on. She saw that I was like, this Jeezy Nia Long conversation had me just, it touched me right here in the heart. And so she hit me like, I got to be on for this. And so since she is one of the 4% of Black therapists on psychology today, I thought that she would be an awesome person to have this conversation with because she can give us the clinical side of things as we kind of bring out some of the things that were mentioned in this conversation and why I feel like this conversation with Jeezy and Nia Long came at the right time when I feel like there is a war on Black love right now. It is constant um, back and forth, he, blaming. It's a lot of blaming. It's a lot of pointing the fingers in the conversations that I'm seeing online. It's a, it's a lot of you should be doing this. No, I should be doing that. And there's not enough listening. And I don't want to hear... Stop asking us, do we go 50-50 with our man? Do what you do with your man. We don't even want to talk about it no more. <laughs> do what you do. Do what you do. And that's what works. And that's, that's it. That's all. Because <laughs> what works for me, it may not work for you. And, and that's, that's okay. But and that's okay. Me. I've answered the question a lot of times. Don't ask us no more. Listen, someone said it many, many years ago, and I can't remember who said it because I've heard it from varying folks. But when you're in a relationship, it's not always going to be 50-50. Sometimes it might be 20-80. Sometimes it might be 45-65. Sometimes it might be 70-30. You might be up one day. They might be down. So when you hear things like in sickness and health, that's that speaks to a bigger picture of trials and tribulations. But sometimes it people is. take things like, so literally. Yeah, like you know, Deborah and Will. If you know Deborah and Will, you know they locked in. Like it may look like they really got two hundred percent because it looked like he doing hundred, <laughs> it looked like he, she doing a hundred. But there's been days where you know Will was like, "Look, I have to preach today, and I have to be at the shop. At the same time, I'm supposed to be in the pulpit. Like I can't do nothing with the kids today." So, Deborah, I need you to step up and handle X, Y, and Z. And then there have been days where Deborah is saying, hey, I'm in the middle of making a dressing for Blessed to be a Blessing, honey. I can't cook our dinner for here. Right. <laughs> and Will was like, well, my mama taught me how to do this. That's not necessarily 50-50. It might be 70-30, mm -hmm. but they do what works for them. Mm -hmm. And then we see them like this. So, mm -hmm. like, we have to learn that that might not work for somebody else because another husband might say, Okay, you better figure out how to do blessed to be a blessing and get this on the stove, and that works for them too. But right, judge it. But it's just like you know, I've uh, I've enjoyed benefiting from being able to see them do what works for them. Yeah, and I love that. And so um, we're just gonna pull out some things from the conversation. Feel free to pull out something that you felt. Uh, but at the top of the key uh, that I wanted to talk about is when Jeezy acknowledged that he was sexually molested as a little boy. 
Mm-hmm. And even within the conversation, he didn't want to put the moniker on it. Mm-hmm. He said, my babysitter touched me. She did some inappropriate things. And then Nia had to say, so you were molested. Yeah. She had to put the name to it because we got to call a thing a thing. And she put the name to it. And I feel like so many young boys are sexualized at early ages. You know, we talk about where we from. I come from a neighborhood where boys were talking about sex in elementary, even though I didn't know what was what the, they were advanced or it was okay to lose your virginity early on. And it, it was considered cool. It was considered okay. It was considered oh you ain't gay because you know you've had this early onset experience a sexual experience so as a therapist talk to us about why number one it's important to call a thing a thing and why we should also protect black boys and also maybe speak to why it might be difficult for black men boys who become men to talk about um the devastation of those sexual encounters at an early age. So I think it's important to call a thing a thing because as you say, someone touched me, what did they do? Did they make you uncomfortable? Did they make you sit on their lap? Did they penetrate you? Even looking at it from a legal standpoint, that's different categories and classes. And so when you're able to really call a thing a thing, you're not a, you're not only able to hold the perpetrator accountable, you're able to be able to protect your children because then you become comfortable saying, if somebody does this, you do this. If somebody does that, it also empowers you. So in order to be able to say this happened to me, you Mm -hmm. own what happened and you put the responsibility back on that person. The other thing from a therapist standpoint, whether it's a little boy or a little girl, Mm -hmm. if someone comes and says, you know, uncle Jake touched my tutu, then as a therapist, Uncle Jake was nice and he was fun. He danced with me because I, I mean, I know what a tutu is, mm-hmm. but if you call a thing a thing, mm-hmm. Uncle Jake touched my private parts, then, whoa, we have a whole different situation in the mm-hmm. therapy office. And so that allows people to really be able to give you the proper support you need. The other thing is you said, why, um, why is it important to protect? Um, our young boys, they've been seen as, we always say that back in the day, growing up in the 80s, 90s, that they raised the girls and spoiled the boys. But while they spoiled them, it was that the young boys didn't have to clean the kitchen, but they were to protect their sister. They were to protect their mother. They were to do this and that. And so for a young boy to come and say, I should have been the man of the house, whether my dad was absent working or my dad was just absent, how can I have how can I feel like I effectively protected my mom and my sister and I couldn't even fend the babysitter off of me? So mm-hmm. then it becomes in the culture where we have to really own that, that we haven't empowered our boys to be able to be vulnerable and tell their story because mm-hmm. we put so much focus on them protecting everybody that we didn't effectively teach them how to protect themselves. And then we make them feel weak when they didn't. Mm. That's so true. As me being a mother of a boy, I always emphasize that I'm his protector, Mm -hmm. that I'm going to go to war behind you and you better believe it. (laughs) And he know it. (laughs) Like If he see me get too hype, he wants to calm me down. Like he he doesn't want it to escalate, but he has to know that I'm his protector and he never has to be in the position where he even thinks for a second that he has to protect me. And so when you say we have to change that and, and maybe it's because he does, he is my only child. So maybe mm-hmm. I didn't have to put that weight on him, but I don't even think if I, you know, provided him with a younger sibling, I don't think I would have. No. And you know, it's of course you want to teach the boys a different way than the girls because we want to maintain chivalry. As we see it dying off, we try to figure out how can we bring it back. But there's a difference in you have to protect the household. You have to protect the family name. You have to put this false sense of manhood there Mm -hmm. and look after your sister. Don't allow anybody to disrespect her. Um, bring the groceries in for your mom. There's Those are two different things, but oftentimes in the black community, they're clumped as one. And it literally makes me cringe when I'm in a store and a little boy might fall 
suck it up. You a boy. It it, it just bothers me because mm-hmm. you have broken his safety zone where if somebody really does something to him, he's not coming to tell you what happened. Because you're so going to tell him endures, to suck it up. No, he's going to suck it up. And so he endures, you know, this abuse. He endures these things. And, um, you know, it's just unfortunate that as we look back at the 90s, there's so many young boys who I can think off the top of my head, like you said, they were openly talking about it. Back then, it seemed crass and it seemed cool and things of that nature. Um, but now when you look at it, probably seven in 10 of them were victims. And mm-hmm. so they wouldn't have just been sexual boys. Their portal was opened up and mm-hmm. they were violated. And so now they're sitting back trying to figure out, man, how do I put the pieces back together? And then it opened up other wounds, anger, because I'm mad at everybody. So they fight mad, boom, they in juvenile. They are um, not wanting to go to church. So then they're getting in trouble with their mom. Instead of mom saying, why don't you want to go to church anymore? Because it may have happened, you know, there. Or Mm -hmm. we saw them start drinking at an early age. And so Mm -hmm. it's easier to say, oh, look at that little boy. He's 15 and drinking, not realizing he's trying to get those thoughts of his grandmother. Or whomever. Or whomever. So it's just like, or grandfather, because we have to call a thing a thing. And so as we began to open up that conversation, like I have a daughter. And so this, you know, the story is different, but I've named her body parts for her. I've given her examples. If somebody does this, they do that. We need to give our little boys that same respect because unfortunately these pedophiles don't care if it's our sons or our daughter. And we just really hand our kids over to them when we don't prepare our boys as we do our girls. You're, you're absolutely right. We'll move on from that a little bit. Uh, but to your point, I'm glad you t- taught your daughter to name the body parts. I, um, there used to be this company on Saginaw Street. I don't know if they still exist, but when I was a youth, they would come and talk to the different youth groups that I were part mm-hmm. of. And they um, would bring in different tools to show you to name a penis. This is a penis. This is to, sh- to give the name to the things, because to your point, when you said a kid comes into therapy and this is one of the things they talked about, you're mm-hmm. calling it a tutu or you're calling it this. And so they were saying that a lot of people came into their facility with STDs or different things because they didn't know the proper names of their body parts and, or the importance of the hygiene of those body parts or protecting those body parts. So if whoever's listening out here, whoever's going to share this podcast, call a thing a thing, name these things, have these open, candid conversations with your children and protect your children. I um, want to do one last thing before we move on, because I would be remiss. Stop going around your kids saying like, oh, that man gay, he less than a man, because there are men touching your sons. And so if they feel like as soon as I come and tell my daddy that the neighbor, the babysitter, the uncle, the male teacher, whatever did something to me, they have this thing that you're going to look at them as less than a man. That also is a stigmatizing factor that prevents our young boys from saying, like, I was molested by a male, so they don't want to be called gay. And that's another thing in the Black community that we do. We make our men who are um, homosexual or who are metrosexual or who are just more on the emotional side, we make them feel gay and we ostracize them. Absolutely. To, so you talked about the mother maybe being in the grocery store saying, hey, suck it up. And Jeezy really pointed out how he constantly wanted his mother's approval, never got it, didn't get that protection. Um, it, it festered on him going into the streets and him always constantly feeling guarded. And as Nia pointed out, when you're in the streets, you got to be guarded because you don't know who's going to be your friend and then eventually turn into your foe. Mm-hmm. And 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 that right there to carry the, the word would be anxiety, to carry that anxiety, that anxiousness, anxiousness that on guardness mm-hmm. all day, every, every day. day. And not just who going to turn into your friend or the foe. Because you're watching out for the people in the streets and you're watching out for those black cars with some sirens on top. Mm. So you double on edge. You double on edge. And and how does that, from a clinical standpoint, how does that uh, permeate into the life and what kind of side effects can that have carrying that on edgeness all day? All day. It definitely permeates your life. And just as a side note, like 
everybody knows I love Jeezy. So as you listen to his music, you know, he talks about his grandmother. He talks about his aunt. Like those are the women that if you go back to 2005 to now, that's who he highlights. So hearing him say that, it just kind of connected the dots, you know, in his um, songs. He went to church with his grandmother. Grandmother went to church. He stayed at the house. And so that anxiousness right there is one part in itself. I have this lady that brought me into the world. I want her approval, but the love is coming from these other people. So that in itself can mess with self-esteem. That although his grandmother is, you know, who appears to be his safe haven from the music, it still can impact the way that he interacts with women, whether mm -hmm. it's a teacher, whether it's a classmate, whether it's the principal. Mm -hmm. um, it can, you know, look like, oh, he's just so disrespectful, but he may look at you and see that mother whose approval he constantly cannot get. Mm -hmm. And then as, you know, you're just out there in the streets, um, there are some, there are some mental health diagnoses that they're there, they lay dormant, they lay in the family, and they can be triggered by a precipitating event. So you said it could be anxiety, absolutely and 100% true. But then there's also schizoaffective disorder and paranoia, those different disorders that can be triggered by having to constantly look over your back 24-7, whether you're physically on the corner or whether you're sitting in your bed wondering, is this the night that they're coming through the sheriff, the feds, anybody yeah. is coming. And so it could be anxiety or it could trigger some other mental health disorders that are a little more significant as we classify them in society. Absolutely. And, and me being a law abiding citizen myself, whenever I see them, them lights behind my car, my body instantly tenses up. And I ain't did nobody crime. You don't have nothing on you. <laughs> Last night I was laying in the bed. I was on my way to sleep. And I like rolled over. I don't know what made me. I think I was turning. And I saw some lights. And I'm yeah. like, I got nervous. Like, I'm in my bed. A law-abiding citizen on my way to sleep. I'm right. looking out the window. It's just two cops end up seeing each other talking. But like you said, I was nervous as can be. I don't have nothing for them people to come in here and bother me for. But maybe I was nervous until they moved like. <laughs> So imagine if you did I run a light? Like I was really in here thinking, like, like but why would they even come to my house for this? So imagine you really out here with the, imagine you really out here. It's you really the snowman. So you you it's, you it's literally the snowman. And Jackie was out there breaking down Brillo pads in your backyard. <laughs> like no, nah. but no, nah, but just like so back to this mom thing. He said he did something great. He sought her approval and it just, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. And it's like, my heart sank for him because I've, I've always, like people, I, I, and you too, I, I have a lot of guy friends. Like literally, if I say you my brother, you my brother. I and we share some brothers. Like them <laughs> yeah. the homies for real. Them the homies for real. <laughs> I, and I've always felt like I needed to be their friend because they needed the love of a female. I have a friend. I will not say his name. Mm -hmm. We met in fourth grade. I can't tell you what grade he in because you might figure yeah, out. Right. He is <laughs> you don't got to do no identifiers. <laughs> I can't identify him. But we met. He was so angry. All I said was hi. And baby, when I say he spits in my face. Yikes. So we we would have fought. Like we would be cool afterwards, but spit is where I draw the line. It was like real spit. <laughs> I went home and I told Will. So you know, Will, he the preacher, but he like we live in the four eight five. So Will like ride, what? Right about my daughter. <laughs> We're like what? So you know, I'm like I don't know him. I never seen him. I just know we went to school together. So Will go up to the school. He set up a meeting for the parents to come, and in that moment. Um, a lot of trauma that he was going through was explained in the meeting mm -hmm. to Will. And, you know, he came, he apologized, and he has been one of my closest friends since then. Mm -hmm. Because my dad, like you said, you felt like you needed to be their friend. My dad in that moment understood he could have derailed that young man's life further by demanding that he's expelled and mm -hmm. I'm going to fight your daddy and I'm going to do this. Or he could have understood the magnitude of the trauma mm -hmm. and taught me how to 
be empathetic. And I think that was a defining moment because that for someone to spit just from you saying hi at nine, ten, and fourth grade, <laughs> I didn't know, but I, I'm grateful for a father who had the emotional stability to say, Intelligent. let's this a different way. Mm -hmm. um, and so I do understand that person on a different level. They come, they talk to me about different things because sometimes our men, they don't have a mom that they can talk to. They don't have a mom who's emotionally available and they still need that female perspective to be able to say like, Bro, you tripping. You tripping. Bro, you did an amazing wow. job. Like, yeah. I cannot believe that you detailed that car like that. Yeah. You, you, you did that? They need like, some positive reinforcement. Come from. Yeah. yeah. They need, you know, I'm a hugger. If I see you, I'm a hug. And I'm lucky that I have a partner who's not jealous, who understands my heart. Mm -hmm. I updated someone who would be flying off the handles because baby i have dated somebody that was like every three minutes i was cheating because like said, when we grew up in our neighborhood everybody we know it yeah and my house was that house so they mm -hmm. like coming up like hey sis hey sis like my dad has fed clothes taught how to tie ties to more more meals than he has nephews. Yeah. And so I've had that partner where it's been like hey sis how you doing you good you need anything your mama daddy need anything mm -hmm. they never looked at me romantically Mm -hmm. But it was just like my mom provided that soft landing that, oh, you yeah. got an eight today? Okay, I'm going to bring pizza to the school mm -hmm. tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so when we do not give that to our men, we end up wondering, why do we have this back and forth? Like you started out the show saying men are bashing women, women are bashing men. But oftentimes, if you can't trust your mama. Like the lady. You can't trust your daddy. came through her canal. Yeah. You can't trust her. Why would you why would you respect other women? Because that kind of sets the tone mm -hmm. for how women will be. And I mean, Jeezy is like phenomenal. And so all these years that he's carried this pain, can mm -hmm. you just imagine what it has been like to go from the snowman to TM101 to, to TM103 to mm -hmm. my president is black and still carry that? All I wanted was approval from my mama when I was eight. All I want is my mama to say, this song is fire. This song is fire, boy. <laughs> this, okay, I'm going to say it for it, Jeezy. I'm going to say it for it. <laughs> Jeezy. <laughs> You're really trying to shoot her shot, Jeezy. No, I can't shoot my shot. But no, like, in real life, like, y'all know I love Jeezy. Like, I, I know. But, like, even with Therapy for My Soul, when him and um, Gucci Man did mm -hmm. their verses, yeah. I sent that to like the police that I was working with at the time through work. I said, yeah. Hey, I don't know if you know who they are, but this is a good time to listen because as you listen to their beef and Jeezy really shared his heart there and Gucci man was not the Gucci man who, you know, went into prison, Right. their evolution, they were able to tell the story of the pain that they were rapping about. Yeah. So I told them, hey, as you arrest young boys in Flint, Flint Township, Swartz Creek, Grand Blank, Grand Blank Township, listen to this because this will give you some insight into mm -hmm. the story of so many boys who don't have a versus platform to tell their story. Know the story. And it was beautiful. We're going to trickle back to something in a minute. But to that point, the Jeezy uh, Gucci Mane situation what they show healed so many black men. So many black men were like, oh man, because if you haven't had your daddy in the home and you relate to Jeezy's music, you relate to Gucci Man's music, those become your role models. So mm -hmm. if my role models can make- If they beef it, if they beef it, I'm a beef. But if they can squash it and say- I can go over to this neighbor and the <laughs> homeboy and just say like, look, we don't have to be boys. But we, it's all, it's we can squash it. And so that was like a real healing moment. And mm -hmm. I think that defined a lot in me and realizing it's okay to go to therapy because, man, I've been rocking with Jeezy for 20, 25 years. You know, that's <laughs> going through their head. Bro in therapy. All right, let me go to therapy. And so while his mother may not give him those accolades and it doesn't make him feel whole, it also doesn't even allow him to realize the magnitude of the moment that he's in on black men, men Mm -hmm. because he hasn't gotten that one approval that he just needed more than anything. So that's what I was going to say. Going back to the approval of mom and it, and it carrying on and, you know, 
because really that carries on to I don't give a FY what any I don't give a care what nobody think that literally stems from when I say I don't care what nobody think because I don't because the one because the person the body that I do care about that they think is not giving it to me so when I was nine and I and when I was nine and I did that science mobile and I ran into the room and told my mama I got it done and she was like, boy, get out of here. Yeah. That broke something in me. Like, yeah. I, I stopped caring at that moment. And so it makes me juxtapose this against Kanye and Donda. Donda rapping Kanye, like he making beats all day. She bobbing her head. There, there was clips where Donda rapping Kanye's lyrics word for word. I was like, Donda may have known his lyrics better, better than, than him. him. <laughs> and I'm not a Kanye fan. Like I, I, I and I'm a Kanye home, fan, like that. You know, like after college dropout through the wire, Kanye. Like we not I'm gonna not get a into Kanye that. Fan. But we ain't getting into that. But I just need to say though, <laughs> I was over Courtney, Courtney Neely. Yeah. I was over her house, and the documentary was on, mm -hmm. and it really gave me a different understanding for his relationship. Like I've always heard him, you know, honor his mom. I've heard him say he changed when she died. But like you said. She was bobbing her head and he would come in and she would know what was going on. And so not even being a fan of his, I was mm -hmm. still able to empathize with him when I saw that documentary. Like they did an amazing job of telling the story of him and his mom mm -hmm. and how much her approval really meant to him on every level. On every level. And people that could, for someone like Jeezy, he may not say it, but I'm just saying representative for you to see your peers have good relationships, like I don't take it for granted that I had a phenomenal relationship with my mom. That my mama, we was, you know what I mean. Abby, when as soon as I get up out of here, I call Deborah, ask her to make me some cornbread today, and she instructed me to come get it. Don't take it for granted at all. Don't take it for granted at all. And so that that could cause another layer to someone that your peer in your industry. Oh, they got relations with their mom or their mom is coming to the show to support them or their mom wrote a post about them. That also trickles. That's just like the kid who, who spit on you, who like she coming to school. What dressed. You smiling for? She, yeah, she's smiling. She didn't came to school dressed. She, she looked like she's well fed last night and you're suffering. And that, that breeds a whole nother thing. It breeds a whole nother feeling. And so that's why I say like, I, I never, I never condone, you know, domestic violence. I never condone any of that because after a certain age, much like Jeezy has done the work, you have the responsibility to go. However, I do empathize a lot. Like when, you know, I think that it's important when, um, and I've advocated for this with our judges, when you're sentencing these men for domestic violence to jail, mm -hmm. get them some court mandated therapy so they can pull back those layers because. They may not even remember that something broke in them at nine. All they remember is just turning cold and angry then. Mm -hmm. As they pull back the layers, they may be able to get to that factor that makes them say, I hate women. Women mm -hmm. are just objects. Women are just objectives, mm -hmm. you know, um, not to, you know, steer the conversation, but even look at Blueface. For all intents and purposes, I don't need to hear the name again. But Please when you don't. see what his mom comes <laughs> on there and does, it's then like, you understand. You like, like, oh, oh, this baby. Okay, you look okay. at him in a whole different light, and then yeah. you still don't want to hear from him again. Don't, but you understand. Like, <laughs> but I understand. oh, that's what it's like. Moms really have a greater impact on their sons than they will ever, ever, ever realize. And, and men too. I have to say that we often say like, well, the, the mom is there, but the absence of the father or the lack of support participation. Mama is the easiest target to blame because mm -hmm. society says that mom is supposed to be this way and they have normalized dad's absence. Um, but it, it is just as just as important. Having that balance. Um, my father was murdered. I was, you know, let people know. So it wasn't a house. My father was murdered. But now that I am married and my husband is in the home with me and my son, our son, I see the 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 true importance of having that balance the balance is needed to balance out the ch the children. It's sure. definitely needed. And um, I think that a lot of times, um, you know, I can go down a rabbit hole, you say of me talking about the underrepresented and the underserved. But, you know, when we talk about the 90s, it was a, we had a time. 
We had a time last night. But at the same time, there's a lot of pain that was derived from the 90s with the broken families, whether it was, you know, prison or whether it was the crack era or whatever. But that has definitely impacted our men today. Mm -hmm. And we need to make it a safe space and say, hey, honey, you so fine. Mm -hmm. I, I, I see that this is pain for you. Mm -hmm. You want me to go to your first therapy session with you? Mm -hmm. Like we need to really let them know that it's okay because they mama and they grandma told them to suck it up when they were asking, where was they daddy when he was 11? Mm. They were telling them, well, you the man now. And so mm. now he's internalized 30, 20, 15 years of pain. We need to get back to women nurturing instead of being so focused on going 50, 50. Mm -hmm. Can we nurture them into healing some of those things that Jeezy shared with Nia Long and I think their conversation really struck me as a clinician as well because her pain was put on the worldwide stage not mm -hmm. too long ago yeah. and she still handled him with such such grace. care yes such, 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 such grace such care such such caution yes um, from the comic from the calmness of her tone of voice to her looking him in his eyes to her um Calling out a thing for him. Calling out a thing. I literally finished some sentences for him, even when he was like, I'm here, but I can't go that next step. She and she pulled like, it out. That and then he was able to expound on it. So, like I said earlier, me being the, the, the friend, the sister to so many guys, because they will come to me and talk to me mm -hmm. about their pains, about their traumas, um, about their fears. And, and I'm okay with being that person because I always say, I, I heard this a long time ago and it resonates with me. I might be the, the only God that they see. Not saying yeah. that I'm God, but I'm a child of God. But you're supposed to represent him when people see him. So I'm because I'm a child of God and God is love. My position is to show you love, maybe creating the space of listening that maybe mm -hmm. that's me giving the love. Just someone heard you. I mean, you never know. There are um, there are people you've been around me. You've seen it where people are like, I just want to I just need to talk to you. I need mm -hmm. to confide in you. I'm like, what am I? Y'all human diary. You know, like, <laughs> I just, <laughs> just want to chill. But people would just sit and confide in me. People of all different races, ages, creeds, mm -hmm. whatever. And I think it's very true when you say. I may be the God this only per I may be the only God this person may see. If I walk around and openly identify myself as a Christian, mm -hmm. I need to give that first Corinthians love every chance I get to where mm -hmm. maybe I really, really, really do need a nap today. But okay, I, I do need to set this boundary. I can't give you a whole hour, but I'll give you 15 minutes. I'll sleep 45 because that 15 minutes may keep them from going to shoot they they enemy it may keep them from going home to beat up their girlfriend to Ooh. abuse their kids and so as we begin to realize that women are here as nurturers and sometimes we have to just listen that can go so far for men and just you know on the flip side your man may not confide in you easily because he may have been friends with Tanae for 13 years and she's never told a secret Tanae may, may be helping him build up trust to be able to talk to you, mm -hmm. don't make it an issue. If you know they're genuinely friends, friends. don't make it an issue mm -hmm. of, well, I know you don't want her, but why do you confide in her and not me? Because sometimes you cannot understand the magnitude of pain mm -hmm. that that person has absorbed over the decades. Or they're not ready to tell you yet because they want you to see them in a certain light. And so them exposing their weakness to you, it's like, dang, I don't want her to see it. But just know that. If you if you the one, they gonna open it up to you at some point. You know what I mean? Um, but back to the Jeezy, uh, the, uh, the well, we're back to it. We're still on it. I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna get a little controversial now, and I know you love Jeezy, but the streets is talking about. Uh, <laughs> um, well, before I get to that part, I'm glad that you said about you know ladies out there. Let that be his friend if that's truly his friend. 
because the, the blogs and everybody saying, oh, Jeezy and Nia need to be together. They, they look good together. They, but he really honored her as his sister. He kept saying, yeah. sis, thank you, da-da-da-da-da. And that, that, that right there, the true friendship. But on the flip side, with the whole Jeannie Mai thing and him breaking up, the, the streets are saying that he married a non-Black woman and now that he is going through his healing journey, he's come back to the black woman using America's, uh, well, black America's sweetheart, which is Nia Long, to bring him back into the fold where some black women felt betrayed that we were your supporters this whole time. Jeannie Mai just came out of the woodworks and now you're coming back to us to get your nurturing, to get you your- You want the clinical answer or you want the-, the I want both. Fall back off my board okay first of all not far back. back okay this is this is not a jeezy slander safe zone the other thing not a safe is, zone. it's not a jeezy slander safe zone okay the other thing is jeezy has dated black women throughout his career they've said that they're saying they didn't he didn't marry but wait a minute but wait a minute Jeezy has, whether you like her or not, Jeezy was very instrumental in getting that black woman that's in the White House right now in Atlanta with his time, his resources, all of that. So although he did not marry a black woman, he's never removed his love for black women. He's never openly disrespected them, you know, in his interviews. He just happened to love Jeannie. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's okay. I always say that, like, I don't mind interracial dating as long as it's not I'm dating them or marrying them because black women can't. Yeah, the, the, to bash a black woman. But he hasn't done that. So we okay. saw a beautiful girl and she, she had a little did. bit of flavor and sauce. <laughs> and she bagged him. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like he's coming back to black women because he's con he's continuously loved the black woman, supported the black woman with his friendships, you know, his concerts. It's not like we just saw Jeezy go start doing Metallica and then now he's coming <laughs> back, you know? Like it's Jeezy been Jeezy, Jeezy yeah. been snowman. And so I don't think that it's fair for us to say that to, for him or anybody else, all jokes aside, because mm -hmm. um, he stayed true to who he is. He's always touted his grandmother as that rock for him. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, now you might just want to figure out what you need to do to bag him. Now they, you know, he's in no, <laughs> but we can't hate on him because. You know, even the show she was on, she always said, you know, little controversial comments, but she worked with black women. So it's not yeah. like he went on vacation and came back with her and we can't really yeah. figure it out. She's a little cultured. Yeah, she and, and she cute. And, you know, she, she got her, you and know, I, can, I can say she got her own bag. Huh? They little story of how they got together. It all, it's always been beautiful to me, mm -hmm. always. But it all makes sense after he did the interview because she reaffirmed him. Mm -hmm. On that first date, they did salsa dancing. She had to have homework. She met that need of him needing to feel mm -hmm. embraced, validated, mm -hmm. all that. Yeah. Are you wishing that they get back? That they 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 come back or find their happy back together? I don't want to say that because I don't. They have been so good about like keeping the details out the media, so I don't really know. You know what happened. But I am going to say that they were cute together. And I did like how their love story started. But if he find his way to the 48505, you know, <laughs> I don't <laughs> Okay. Well, a lot of people were saying that typically men don't file divorce for divorce. And he was the filer for it. And he also mentioned in the interview that therapy couldn't fix it. Um, See, this is my thing. Like, it's true. Like, like this just for me being a homegirl, me being from the hood, me being a therapist. Like, you know how bad you gotta mess up for a man to be the one to leave. <laughs> I'm just like, what you do? Like, I don't even want to be in nobody's business, but like what men you do? will leave and still don't leave. Like they yeah, leave. they they're coming back. They come back. <laughs> I, like for what my you do, man, girl? like Jeezy is Jeezy, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
this not Jeezy 2005. This is 2023. <laughs> this is hard. Anybody to come to the house, get the papers for him. Jeezy walked in the courthouse himself and filed the papers. Like, girl, <laughs> what did you do? What did you do? Because they don't leave. Then you got you got Jeezy Jay Jenkins walking into the courthouse to file himself. Girl, he wanted out. <laughs> He was really hoping to bump into the judge. Jeezy was fed up. Okay. My was fed up. Like, <laughs> I don't know what my girl did. That's why I'm like, I do think they were cute, but. They were cute, but baby yeah, wasn't cute enough. The courthouse himself. It, it wasn't baby. cute enough. Let that be a lesson. The cuteness ain't going to get you fired, baby. Yeah, like, she needs to come tell her story. Like, she needs to step Jeannie, in and come, tell come her talk story. to me, baby. Jeannie, come talk to tonight because you <laughs> need to know how you had that man. This millionaire walking to the courthouse on his own. Like, this like did he thing. cancel his video? Like, and he was in the middle of, like, an album release. Like, yeah. girl, he wanted out. Mm, Jesus. Um, we're we're coming to a close, but is there anything out of the conversation that you pulled out that you felt like needs to be addressed? It's so funny because I think that you really pulled it out and we didn't even discuss this beforehand about his mom because women, you know, now we hear they're narcissists. They're they're gaslighting me. We hear that. That's just a buzzword that everybody want to use every that. every day. But women tend to say, you know, I cooked for him. I cleaned for him. I washed his bath. I shaved his head. It was never enough for him. I think as a, a therapist, that line for Jeezy is going to help me so much in therapy because it's relatable to them. Like, mm -hmm. I may not be able to tell them what Freud said, but mm -hmm. if I can say, remember when Jeezy said that, it'll mm -hmm. help women because they tend to look at their worth and say, why am I not good? Why mm -hmm. am I not good enough? Why can't I make you happy? Mm -hmm. But if you can really sit down and really understand that dynamic with his mother, what happened, help him begin to heal that. Mm -hmm. It's, you will get more than a thank you. I really appreciate it. You'll really get him to hold close and tight to you. Yeah, it is. It, that's so funny that, you know, women will go down this list of things that they can do. And I love that Cardi said, I don't cook, I don't clean, but because you don't got to do the world. If that man gonna love you, he gonna love if you. You can do one thing. Speaking of guy friends, I was talking to one of my guy friends today and he was telling me we were we were discussing um something but in the midst of the conversation he said if a man gives you his heart and his trust that's the most prized possession a man can give you mm -hmm. and so you you know you may buy him his first gucci belt and that may mean a lot but if you can sit down and make him feel safe with mm -hmm. you and make him feel as if he can bear his soul if you can support his dreams I guarantee you'll have a different understanding from him. And then take it from a therapist. If you do that and you still can't get him, then girl, run, girl, go do what run. Jeezy did. <laughs> do what Jeezy did. Go, you be the first one. You will be the first one, please. <laughs> but uh, but we, we talked a lot about Jeezy, but one thing I want to pull out about Nia, because it was a lot of banter around the internet when things happened with her relationship. And the thing that she said and my mama used to say this all the time because people were commenting, oh, she must not have been having sex or she must not have been doing this. My mama used to say, you could be swinging off the chandeliers and landing directly on his. That ain't going to keep whatever you think, because like she said, she said, I did, you know, I did the things that I was supposed to do. And the key thing she said, she said that was his choice. She said and his cheating had nothing to do with me. It didn't because if you want to cheat, you're gonna cheat. If you want to leave, Jeezy has just given you all <laughs> the on how to do it. And if you want to do what you want to do, you're gonna do that anyway. But I think in the conversation, I think we have to give Nia her credit because again, this is Nia alone. Like the this, this, like <laughs> Nia. Like Nia. we don't even have to say long. You just say Nia, and that's the first name that come to mind. Like my girl been fine since the nineties. Girl, baby, girl, been fine. The prototype, if you will. Okay, <laughs> if you will. It's Nia alone, <laughs> and it's like we gonna ride for Nia if we don't ride for too many more listen, people. Listen, 
my girl handled it with grace and class. I don't think she said 15 words about it. We did no. all the talking for her. Yeah. And I think that was important too, because whatever that man was or wasn't, you're not going to hear it from her because it had nothing to do with him or his actions. Her character has remained intact the whole time. Now, I can't tell you what Chia would have did. I can't tell you what Tanae would have done. <laughs> but Nia, <laughs> he's a prototype once again. Nia's also not from the 48505. But you Nia's know, also I, not from the 48505. <laughs> Wait a minute. Another thing that stuck out for Nia when she was like, she was like, oh, I know you on edge because I dated drug dealers. And Jeezy was so shocked, like, you? And I and I felt that so hard because people be shocked that I didn't date the street pharmacists. But they like girls like us. They like the good girls. I mean, because, like, hypothetically, <laughs> if we had ever dated drug dealers, like, they probably would need us to help them, you know, with their money and their finances, hypothetically. Hypothetically. It ain't no hypothetical over here. I, I did date a street pharmacist and... I'm just saying, I get it. Like I, it's me alone. Like me alone. They like the good girl. She was she was a good girl. She was fine. As you can see, she's soothing as hell. She's soothing. <laughs> she's calm. And like when you mess up, she don't just you know. She ain't about to fly off the rims. Not she to say that she can't because I didn't fly off. I didn't flew off the rail. But yeah, I just love that. So uh, to 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 in closing to wrap everything up. What would you say are the top three takeaways from the conversation and what can people learn from this? I just said it was so important that they had it and that and they, they put it on display for the world to see. Well, it's four because the first one is Cheesy Remains, the man in the rap game. Because <laughs> that new oh, album is fire. I don't care that new that. album, I don't know what people was talking about. Like, I'm like, y'all got something negative to say about this? Y'all got something negative to say about this? Because what that song said, I ain't doing no complaining. Like, hey, <laughs> that's my jam. Listen, <laughs> I was on my whole gospel kick. He released, baby. I listened to every song and then got back to my playlist. Had to. Had that's to. the that's the first takeaway. But the 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 for real, the takeaways are our boys have been raped and molested mm -hmm. at alarming rates. Mm -hmm. We have to give them a safe space to tell that story. Mm -hmm. We have to give them a safe space to know it's okay to heal. Mm -hmm. And we have to learn from that to protect our little boys now because it didn't stop then. Mm -hmm. It's still happening. Yeah. Um, the second takeaway is it's okay to spoil your sons. It's okay to buy them nice things. But in as much that we teach our boys to protect, we need to protect them and realize that their heart is their mother. Mm -hmm. So whether it's him wrestling and he sucks or whether it's him going and trying to make you some tea because you're sick, validate him. Because men, they need validation. Mm -hmm. And without giving it to them, you are setting them up for a lifelong, a life of turmoil and also their partners. Because once they put their guard up, it doesn't come down easily. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is, um, the third takeaway is to just realize that therapy is for all of us. It does not matter if you are coming from a very bad relationship that has broken you, whether you are just now getting to adult and realizing the way my mom was, that's not how it shouldn't have been. We all can benefit from therapy because it may just be, you know, anxiety or it may be something classified as a more severe and persistent mental illness. But nonetheless, let's break the stigma of mental health. And if someone is in therapy, give them a safe space. Let's not start with, you know, oh, you crazy because you don't know what pain they've healed for 10, 15, 20 years. All great takeaways. I'll add on to that is for those who have watched it or have not, let's take this toxic conversation that we've been having amongst men and women let's take it out of the internet streets and let's sit down with one another as Jeezy and Nia did and have a dialogue a safe space where one can express their feelings and another can express their feelings without it being this war um because and let's stop calling our men weak like because a man cries that's the that's the biggest form of strength that a man can show to openly mm -hmm. cry because society has told them that's not okay. So if they feel comfortable and safe enough to you to do that, 
don't shut them down because they're not opening up again. And on that note, thank you for coming to this episode of Tanae Talks, the podcast that educates and entertains the podcast where you come to laugh and learn. Thank you so much, Chia, uh, for being a guest today. And in true Tanae Talks fashion, go ahead and give us a shout out. Who you give me your shout outs to tonight? I'm going to give a shout out to the Flint community because, baby, they have showed me nothing but love as I try to press through these next 10 days for blessed to be a blessing. So I just want to give a shout out to the 810. Shout out to the 810. And with that being said, I'm adding some end credits here. And on these end credits, um, this is just, well, that was from the last episode. And I'm just giving a shout out on this next screen here. Giving a shout out to Darius All right. Thank you, Chi-Chi. Thank you.